May 19th, 2022. I'm Ron Shaw. I'm Avi Kaufman. And this is Accent Insights. Well, I'm looking at my computer right now, and uh, let's see, it's telling me that Walmart is down two and three quarters percent today. Apple is down. <laughs> Lots of things are happening in the world. Mortgage rates are not down. They are up. And, uh, you know, we haven't, we haven't been on the podcast for a little while. We've got a lot of nervous clients we've been trying to advise and give our best uh, advice to. So we thought it was a good time to, to reconnect with the podcast audience and, and talk a little bit about what we're seeing in the market in Brookline. Absolutely. And if you've been reading in the news, you've probably seen an article with the headline, something like real estate market uh, slowing, real estate market expected to stop rising, things of that nature. So let's look at what it looks like here, because real estate is local. You know, one one of the things that's hard for us is sort of trying to gauge where the market is going, because most of the things we look at are lagging indicators. But we've been far enough into the year and even far enough into this very turbulent time that we're getting some some real indication in the numbers. So, Abi, we ran a report uh, today looking at condos, what's going on this year with condos, and why don't we talk about what we're seeing there? Yeah, I think that's good because condos can be a bellwether for the whole market. Looking in Brookline, one of the most interesting indicators is the median days on market. And it's important to look at median because with the mean, a few outliers can really skew it. So right now, in quarter two so far, the median days on market for a a listing is 60. Now, that's quite a lot uh, compared to what it was this time last year, 35. Now, that's a different story than what we saw in first quarter. In the first quarter, the median days on market was actually lower than it was in 2021. It was 17 days on market for first quarter compared to uh, in 2021, it was only 27. But both of those are, are far below, and I'll say that number again, the days on market for quarter two right now, 60. Yeah, that's a big deal. I mean, Q1 is always a little bit different because the inventory is much uh, lighter in Q1. So, you know, the demand tends to be a little higher. But in Q1 of this year, uh, mortgage interest rates were still, you know, in the threes or low fours. Um, and and now they're in the fives, right? And and 60 days on the market is a big deal. We're, we are used to a market where we put something on, if we price it right, there are multiple offers in the first weekend. And when we have sellers going into the second, and you know, God forbid, the third weekend, people start to get nervous. Um, Sixty days is is not bad, really. Like for any other market that's not you know Brookline or the Bay Area or you know New York City, depending on on what year, um, that's not bad at all. But it is for us. I mean, thirty five last year, this time sixty this year. That's a big change. Another interesting thing is that the number of listings this quarter compared to this time last year is lower. There's fewer listings now than there were in this quarter of 2021. In 2021, 283 condo listings had been listed, and this year only 144. So you would think that the lower number of listings would drive up demand, or at least by constricting the supply, that these things would be selling faster. But we're both have a lower number of listings and they're taking longer. And now you couple that with this next piece of information for the condos that are selling, that are actually receiving offers, the number of days for them to receive the offer, that is actually pretty stable, hovering around seven or eight days on median to receive the offer that they accept. So the places that are not selling are what are really driving the increase in the days on market. 
Right. And I think part of that is people, you know, pricing is everything, right? And so people are still not sure as sellers, you know, are they pricing aspirationally? And the market is a little less sure what the, you know, what the prices should be. So, um, you know, this may be a market in which sellers have to be a little bit more aggressive to grab those offers because people are a little more timid about making them, you know, I've, I've got a lot of people saying, boy, I've got to go and relook at my spreadsheet now, you know, interest rates are up, you know, substantially, right? 5% is still historically low, uh, but in an age where people were looking at 2.9, not that long ago, it's a big jump. Yeah, you know what this also reminds me of is uh, at MIT, we did this exercise in operations class called the beer game, where you learn about the supply chain and how, uh, the information doesn't communicate all the way back. Thinking of it from the seller's perspective, for the past multiple years, and especially this past few years of the pandemic, you almost couldn't price it too high. The, the market was, was rising faster than we could do the analysis. If you look at the median list price per square foot this quarter, $789 a square foot. Compare that to this time last year, it was $750 a square foot. So it could just be the message hasn't gotten back to the sellers that the market is not increasing at the same rate as it was in the previous few years. Well, that's it. It's funny, last year I had some sellers who, who priced aspirationally and they told me, well, we just think that people are buying NFTs and all these crazy investments and there's all kinds of money out there not, and people don't know what to do with it. So maybe they want to buy, you know, our house in Brookline for a crazy number. And I said, well, you know, the difference there is that nobody really knows the value of an NFT. So people are willing to do crazy things, but people know the value of a square foot of real estate in Brookline. The market is very smart. Um, and again, as you say, right, the value has been going up, up, up. Uh, and it's not really clear, you know, what would happen to a, um, I mean, maybe we need to, we need to dig down into these numbers a little bit more, but if people sort of priced at a sort of, a, you know, a mild increase over last year's number, uh, would they do just fine or, you know, are just people thinking that, yeah, I just, I'm looking at the trend line from the last five years and this is where I should put my number. Uh, and maybe we're not at a point where that trend line is maybe taking a break. Brookline doesn't typically go down even in a downturn, but it does pause from time to time. And we may be in one of those times. And you can hide a lot in averages, but we have some concrete examples this week too. Uh, we visited quite a few properties yesterday on broker tours. We were surprised how many of them were price changes uh, and not just new listings. That's right. I mean, typically the broker tours are, you know, the first time out on the market, the first, you know, we, we usually list on a Tuesday, Tuesday afternoon, and we have those broker tours in Brookline for Wednesday. And it's our way to introduce properties to the other agents so they can see if anything meets their buyer's needs and, and bring them in, um, you know, let them know, hey, I looked at it, this is what it looks like and all of that. So, yeah, as you say, it, it's usually, um, uh, it's usually new, new properties, but yesterday there were quite a few, um, a high proportion, in fact, of not new uh, properties, properties have been on the market for uh, going into the third week and with price changes. Let's start with talking about one that was new, 87 Coolidge Street, so both unit one and unit two are for sale. Uh, we visited both, of course, but let's talk about unit two. It's the larger unit, four bedrooms, 2,500 square feet, two full, mm -hmm. one half baths. 
This is the second and third floor of, uh, of a two unit uh, house on a wonderful location, wonderful street, great neighbors, listed for just under $2 million. Uh, I don't know so much about whether the neighbors are there. Some, some <laughs> That's my neighborhood. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, um, it is a great block, Coolidge Street. I mean, you really you know, can't get more Coolidge Corner than that. Um, and, uh, you know, this is a nice unit, right? It's in good shape. It's not like a fresh renovation, but I would say it's probably 10 to 15 years old and it's, you know, it's aging nicely. Um, what you have here is the second floor and the attic floor. It's interesting. You, you have the, the eaves and you have the slanted ceilings because it's the top floor. The, from what I can tell, the attic, they vaulted that in the, in the hallway, but in the three bedrooms on the top floor, uh, they're, they're impacted a little bit by those slanted ceilings. And there's one full bathroom up there for those three bedrooms to share. And I mentioned that just yeah. because it will contrast that to the listing we talk about next. Right. So it is, it is a very, it's a pleasant space up there, but as you say, especially with one of the bedrooms, maybe even two of the bedrooms, that, that ceiling is going to be, you know, something that you feel, which you don't always feel in, in this type of space, but you do here. Um, but it is a nice space and, and they do have off of one of the bedrooms, a beautiful roof deck. Um, and that's very pleasant, lots of light and air up there, but here, the compromise is those, you know, the ceilings that do come in at you um, in the attic and you do feel it. Saying it's 2,530 square feet, which makes it $789 a square foot. Now they measured that square footage. The town has as, as 2,217 a square foot, which, you know, this is why you can't completely rely on the price per square foot because that difference dramatically changes how you might think about the pricing. Uh, if you looked at this with that town report of the price per square foot, this would be $901 a square foot. Uh, so that's why price per square foot is a useful proxy and it can be good for like a rule of thumb, but you shouldn't rely on it because, you know, you have two people measure square feet, you'll get five different measurements. Right. And it's not really clear where they're taking their measurements. Sometimes they take it from, usually they'll take it from the floor plan person who is measuring just the, you know, the floor space. And when you have, you know, the town, they're not always the best at this either, but what they should do is any place where you don't have seven feet of ceiling height, um, they should be discounting it. So if, if they are doing that, um, that tells you something about, you know, the, the slanted ceilings that we talked about. But you're, it's, it's, it's a very good point, right? You know, as, as agents, uh, we tend to try to um, show a higher number of square feet if we can, you know, I mean, you have to be careful, right? You've got to be uh, obviously portray the property, but it does impact the price per square foot and it can make it look like a great deal or less of a great deal. But going, so, you know, as you say, the town has it, what, what did you say, Albie, 2300 Uh 2217. 2217. So that brings it even closer to the listing at 47 Kenwood Street, right, um, which on paper looks quite similar because that's a 2,345 square foot uh, unit. And that was a, a more recent renovation, not a brand new renovation, but more recent. 2014, and, uh, so about eight years old. Yeah, yeah. Um, the difference here is that one is a first floor basement. So instead of being on the second floor and attic, you've got first floor basement. And that brings with it you know, a different set of trade-offs. It does. And now both of these had, so the 87 Coolidge had four bedrooms plus an extra 
sort of bonus room that could be used as an office or a bedroom or something. Same thing on Kenwood. That's listed with five bedrooms. Uh, and the other thing to note about Kenwood is it has four and a half bathrooms. On the lower level, there are three bedrooms, each with its own end suite bathroom. Yeah. So it's very interesting because, um, you know, even though the attic floor, you know, on Coolidge has got more light, they did a very nice job in this basement floor with ceiling heights and headroom and, you know, everything is straight up, right? So you don't have that feeling of the rooms kind of crowding you in and you do have, it's, it's, it is a luxury to have, you know, every bedroom have an ensuite uh, bathroom. Whereas in, in, in Coolidge Street, the three bedrooms on the top floor shared one bathroom here, every bedroom has its own. Yes. But, you know, this, this is one of those units that we talked about, which has been on the market for over two weeks and had a, a price change and a pretty dramatic one at that because they came on at 2.2 um, and now they dropped it to basically 2 million. And, and that's the right um, move. They, they changed search brackets. And uh, I would expect them to get quite a bit of interest now and for them to sell. Uh, you know, if you're interested in this one, you should call us right away. Uh, I, I don't expect this one to last much longer at this improved price. Uh, now, to contrast Kenwood and uh, Coolidge Street, 47 Kenwood and 87 Coolidge, they're very different types. As we said, 47 Kenwood Street was a 2014 renovation, a uh, gut renovation. Uh, 87 Coolidge Street has been updated and modernized, but it's not that gut renovation. Uh, so there's a contrast. Another is just the, the style. So they're both in two families, but Ken 47 Kenwood is first floor and basement. 87 Coolidge is second and third floor. So in one, you'll hear footsteps above you more than the other. It depends on which bedroom you're sleeping in, I suppose. Right. No, for sure. And it's, it's not clear how, how much that goes down to the basement, but you are, you are going to hear footsteps above. That is very common in these up and down units. Um, and you will hear more. Typically, you'll hear more noise coming from top to bottom than from bottom to top. Um, I also want to point out, right, at this price improvement, it's still 852 a square foot. So, you know, if you're a seller in Brookline and you're looking at this, if it does sell at this price and you're looking at this, I would say that's that's still pretty pretty darn good. Right. Although, just to be clear, the, this unit on Kenwood Street still gets a premium for being a relatively new gut renovation. Yes, for sure. For sure. And it feels it. You know, it doesn't, it's not, the colors are not the same as sort of the brand new renovations, but it, it has, it has held up very nicely and it is a pleasant layout. It's, um, I would say the uh, another difference between this and Coolidge Street. Coolidge Street, the layout meanders a little bit, which some people may like. This is a little bit more of a straightforward uh, layout. So it's worth seeing both of them if you're in the market at this price range, for sure, because it does give you a very good sense of how two products can lay out similarly on paper and have a very different feel. Mm. Now, something I'll just mention briefly, the 87 Coolidge Street, the downstairs unit is also for sale, which is a relatively large two-bedroom, uh, or it's large for a two-bedroom at 1250 square feet. Uh, so if you wanted to, and that's listed for just under a million. So if you wanted the entire house, uh, you, you could have it presume, presumably for three million. Right. And that's true. It, it's, it's a very good point because it's not on the market, if I, if, unless they changed it. It wasn't put on the market as a multifamily. Um, and some people do want to have, you know, the unit that they live in and the unit that they rent out for income. And this, you know, these two do provide that opportunity. Um, so it's that it is different than 47 Kenwood in that respect, for sure. 
So let's go down in price. There's the three bedroom and 55 Addington Road listed for 1.4 million. This has been on a week, so this is going into the second weekend now. Right, and they have not done a price change, even though it is the second weekend, and I believe it was the second broker tour. Uh, not a price change yet, and that's probably the right move. Um, you know, we always tell people you have to listen to the market. It's not clear that one week is, you know, the market telling you anything other than maybe the market was quiet that week. But so I would say if this one, you know, goes through another weekend without a lot of interest, they should be thinking about a price change as well. Uh, but they are at 828 per square foot. You know, which on a smaller unit is probably about right also. Well, so let's talk about this one in particular. Um, Addington Road, first of all, is a lovely, lovely block. We've sold on Addington Road. It's very pleasant. It's up the hill. Um, this unit is in a brownstone. And, you know, it's, a, it's an unusual thing because you come down, it is in some ways in the basement. But because of the way the topography works on Addington Road, the back side of the building is, is a high first floor. So, you know, the kitchen and dining room and living room area is high first floor. And as you walk through the unit, the grade comes up and meets the unit and the back room in particular is a basement room. Right. So it, um, it only really feels that way in that back bedroom. And that could even be good for, for sleeping. This unit is, is a good size. It's almost 1,700 square feet. It's three bedrooms, two full bathrooms, one half bathroom, and it has an ensuite bathroom, and it, it's a floor through. And uh, that front room being a high first floor, and, and it's a curved wall that faces west, it really gets some nice light, especially in the afternoon. Yeah, it does. I have to say, this is a very pleasant unit. And, and I, I also want to say the renovation is really high end. The bathrooms are beautiful. The kitchen is beautiful. Um, it, and, and the unit has a nice feel. It kind of moves a little bit as you go down the hallway. So it's not like a railroad feel. It feels like it's got a little bit of motion to it. And it's, it's got some character in that regard. It feels like you've got a lot of space. Master bedroom has a, has a very nice walk-in closet. It's, it's really got a lot going for it. And I think you, you kind of have to get over, uh, if you can, some people just don't want to be, you know, on the lowest floor. Uh, I think for some people that will be um, a challenge, but it's it's lovely and it's worth seeing. Absolutely. Now, in that same uh, neighborhood, there's another three-bedroom. This one's much less expensive. 116 University Road. It's 1,343 square feet, three bedrooms, one bathroom, listed for 849000 Now, this was a great unit. It does not have parking and it's smaller than the other units we just talked about. And that's what leads to this lower list price, of course. Uh, but this is a, a great unit. And for someone that's looking for three bedrooms, but has a lower budget and wants to be in Brookline, this is a way to potentially step into the market as an entry level unit. It is. And it, you know, it is a, it's a substantial you know, price difference. We should mention Addington Road has one parking space. So that's, yeah. yeah. So what's the value of that? That's about 200 to $300 a month if you need to rent a space. And then there is some value, you know, probably $60,000, $70,000 in the purchase price for the parking space alone. But it is, and it's 350 square feet less. Uh, these two don't really comp that well because, you know, also, the biggest difference, I think, from a quality of life standpoint is this one has only the one bathroom versus two and a half on Addington Road. But, you know, as Avi said, you're only at 850 um, for an asking price here. 
And that is, you know, much more accessible to many more people. And it is three bedrooms. Yeah, I expect that even with the market changing, slowing down, this segment of the market should still be pretty active. So let's watch this one and see. This is a new one this week. Uh, the 116 University Road Unit 2 uh, is new this week. So I think it'll be a good one to watch. It's a little bit of a, of a bellwether for that particular segment of the market. It is. It is. So, and, and it's a good one for us to transition to another one we saw yesterday, which is at a similar price point, which is 114 Sewell Avenue. Now, this one is a two-bedroom, one-bathroom. This unit is a little older looking. Kitchen is very nice. Bathroom is nice. And this one has parking, um, but two bedrooms. And, and this one is 1,136 square feet, so 200 square foot fewer. And they're asking, you know, pretty similar price. This, they're asking even more for this, 870 versus 850. So it, it kind of highlights that 116 University is priced, possibly priced aggressively, hoping that, you know, they're underpricing and hoping for people to get excited and come in. Um, you know, 114 Sewell Avenue, it doesn't seem crazy, right? But they're going to have to listen to the market here too, right? If that is an active area of the market price-wise, and it's an active geographic area. So, you know, $765 a square foot for, you know, 1,100 square feet is not crazy unless the market is telling you that people just aren't there. So we're going to watch this one also because it is, it is another good benchmark as to sort of where things are. I would expect if this was last year, that 114 Sewell Ave, I would expect it to sell immediately at this price. So yeah. I, it's an especially good one. You know, we sell two bedrooms. We see a lot of two bedrooms in Coolidge Corner uh, and some of them have parking, some of them don't. And the ones without parking, uh, tend to take a little bit longer. The ones with parking, it has everything that you need. You can walk everywhere or you could drive. So th this one kind of, you know, checks all the boxes. It doesn't have um, laundry in the unit, but there is a spot where you can add it in the unit. There's a closet right next to the bathroom. So right. it really could and check the allowed, boxes. Which is a big deal because some associations don't allow it, but here you can do it. You can do it. So it really, it checks all the boxes for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. And I think, why don't we wrap up on, on another one that we kind of passed over price-wise, um, which was 62 Pleasant Street. It's also, it's beautiful in its way, but it, it tells a different story about pricing strategies. Right. So, so that, just to um, give the high-level overview, it's about 2,100 square feet. The list price is $1,630,000, so $1.63 million, three bedrooms, plus a little small office bonus room, two full bathrooms. And it does not include parking, but it does have air conditioning and in-unit laundry. It's a floor through Brownstone right on Pleasant Street by the Coolidge yeah. Corner branch of the library. Yeah, so outstanding location again. Um, and it's, it's really a nice unit. It's kind of got a little bit of a funky layout um, because it's almost got two wings to it. When you walk in, you know, if you may hang a right, you get to, I think it's two of the bedrooms. And then you kind of go through the kitchen to get to the other bedroom. And in between them is sort of the common staircase, which you could cross through. But it also has a, a lovely, lovely porch, which they've really done up nicely. They put like a cloth hanging thing there, and it feels like uh, a little bit of an oasis. Yes. Um, so, you know, could be a big deal. I mean, Coolidge Corner, you're well serviced by um, public transportation. So maybe no big deal for some buyers but you know it, it is interesting and we'll you know this one is already 
This is one of the units that's now 16 days on the market. So they already are on one price drop. Uh, let me just remind myself where they started. 1.68. So they've got a $50,000 price drop, which, you know, not super aggressive, frankly. If some sellers just don't want to go too far too fast, and that's fine. I would say, you know, if, if they were my client and we were on for another week, I would say, you know, look, if no one came in, that 50000 wasn't enough. Um, and that's the problem, you know, you sort of, if you're not comfortable doing the big price drop to try and build the excitement, you wind up doing lots of little ones. It hurts each time and you don't necessarily get sort of that, you know, that burst of enthusiasm that comes with the big price drop. So, you know, we'll see. Um, it's very classic. The moldings are, they're perfect condition and they blend very nicely with a gorgeous kitchen and a skylight. And um, one of the bathrooms is small. You would almost mistake it for a half bath. It's, it's very efficient. It has a shower, so it's not a half bath. Um, but, it, you know, it really is, if you want to be in that area, it's, it's very charming and pleasant. The only question is, you know, are they at the right price? So yeah, that's, I think that, that that's a, a big question mark. I think that um, I would be surprised if this one it, it is at the right price. I, I think it still feels a little high, given that it doesn't have parking included. You have to rent yeah. parking, uh, which is a big deal, and it's it's a few flights up, and, and it's a beautiful unit. And it, you know, it's a beautiful, great place. The only question is the price. Uh, but then there's also um, there's another one where the square footage so we talked about earlier different ways to report square footage. This one in the master deed it says the square footage 2,107, but that includes the screened-in porch. So it's correct to report this square footage as it is in the master deed, but it doesn't necessarily allow you to compare apples to apples because some of that square footage I don't know how much 100 is yeah, really probably. outside which you wouldn't include normally. So maybe instead of saying 2100 is really more like, I don't know, 2000 square feet, which changes right. the price per square foot uh, substantially. Right. It's good. I mean, and it's a good point. And this is, again, it's, because of the layout is a little bit odd. It's a little hard. It's harder, I think, in this unit to kind of get the feel for how many square feet it is. Usually the market can figure out if, you know, a unit feels smaller uh, than the reported square footage. Here, it just feels a little bit weirder. Like you have to be okay with sort of going off in those two directions. Which in some respects could be great if you have if you want a guest room where people can feel more private or if you have a teenager or someone who just wants to be kind of off by their own side then maybe it's ideal so you know again it's it's uh like every piece of property we look at it has its own set of you know benefits and compromises and it's going to fit someone for sure and the question is who it is how many people and you know at what price so we're, we're going to keep our eye on it. We're going to we're going to try our best not to have the long break that we just took <laughs> between the last podcast and now, uh, because it seems like people want to hear what's going on. So we're going to we're going to uh, do our best to get back on a regular schedule and report that more regularly. Until next time, uh, if you have any questions or would like help buying or selling real estate, please reach out to us. We're info at accentbrookline.com, and we'll look forward to hearing from you. And we'll talk to you soon.